Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. I've never had three PJ through wins in a season. And to do it this early on is incredible. And to do it at this golf course. I mean, talk about the history of Riviera as a golf course, the history of Tiger Woods as a player, those two combined in this tournament. It's, it's a pretty big deal. This John Rahm after winning the um, PGA Genesis Invitational. Happy President's Day. Thanks for hanging out with us. A lot of stuff to watch this past weekend. What'd you catch? What stood out to you? You had some golf, some football, some hockey, some auto racing. I think that covers everything I want to remember. Anyway, Premier Abel, League. Premier League. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. I forgot. There's a lot going on. XF, XFL. Yeah. So there was. It was a busy, busy, busy weekend. A lot of, lot of stuff. NBA All-Star from. Game. That's the one I forgot. The NBA All-Star Game and the skills competition over the weekend. 803-0550 to join us. Golf. Let a lot of you spend some time watching yesterday. I know I... Did my uh, watch the Tiger Group routine yesterday on ESPN Plus? Thank you for that because that was entertaining. We are going to the Western Hotline. Hey, good news! Uh, this first guest reminds me to tell you that Tita Green is back with Brian Colesville and Kevin Sylvester, and I assume Jeff Meadis. Kevin will tell me about that, I guess. Tita Green is back Saturday mornings at seven on WGR, and that's where you will hear Kevin Sylvester from PGA Tour Radio. Good morning, Mr. Sylvester. It's Howard and Jeremy. How you doing? I'm doing great, and uh, yes, Jeff Metis uh, is back, our PGA pro, and Jeff Blank, whom if you don't follow on Twitter and stuff, if you like betting on golf, he'll make you money. Promise oh. you. Well, I think the ears just perked up for the uh, two gentlemen I work with here on well, the morning I, show. I was on Homa yesterday, so almost. <laughs> was was, a, <laughs> was close. Kevin, on Tiger, you know, it's funny, like Ron mentioning Tiger there, Fans of golf aren't the only ones to feel like everything is bigger when Tiger's around. The players on the tour absolutely feel the same way. Well, listen, he's the reason that, you know, many of them are there, right? He inspired athletes to start playing golf instead of pursuing other sports. So, uh, you know, he he was the one who was always on TV, you know, now with ESPN uh, Plus and the PGA Tour Live. Um you know, that product, you get to see every shot of Tigers. And before that, it was you waited for television to come on to see every shot of Tigers. So <laughs> the young fans, I mean, he was the cool one, uh, came to the sport, he did it differently. And, uh, you know, he was just an incredible player. And frankly, to, to see what he did uh, over the week, when you factor in, the guy's got a fused back and basically playing on one leg. Mm-hmm. Many players would have just withdrawn, right, when it wasn't happening. Um, but for him to fight through, that's why I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Uh, I think he's the mentally toughest athlete that we'll ever see. I, I found myself wondering, Kevin, if he would withdraw down the stretch. Like Making the cut is, of course, a, a good goal for him to have. And being in contention, once he got to, you know, 10, 12 strokes out, I don't think anybody would have judged him if he did, just to say, like, you know, hey, I know I could have finished. He's got to do whatever, his version of load management and his trainers and everybody that's working with him to make sure he can get through 72 holes. But on the flip side, it probably was important for him to get through the 72. Yeah, I think he needed to do it for himself. And I I also think 
he had to look at, all right, if I can't walk Riviera, which is one of the easier walks on tour. Now, he didn't give himself some easy shots. Uh, there are some awkward stances and such, but really the only the difficulty in that golf course is uh, coming down one, uh, the, the path they take to get down to the fairway, then going up 18. Other than that, it's a pretty uh, flat walk, one of the easier walks, one of the best walks, frankly, on tour. The place is incredible. But I think he needed to do that so he, he can say to himself, all right, I, I can get through four rounds. All right, let's uh, let's check that box. Now, now, does he play the Players' Championship, another easier walk, great field, great test before? What is a tough walk, Augusta National? Um, that would be my guess. If we see him before the Masters, I think it would be at the Players' Championship. What's the state of his game? You know, uh, Kevin, as you watch it, like we were saying earlier, he's still driving the ball. There, were, there was one sh- one tee shot yesterday. They put a stat up on the screen. I don't remember which hole it was, Kevin, but it was the longest drive of anybody on that hole. So that's still there. How is the overall state of his game as you watch it? Well, uh, you know, the short game um, needs a little work. His chipping was not great. Uh, his sand game was not great. Um, but those are things that, you know, <laughs> He's got the best backyard of anybody we know who loves golf, right? <laughs> but uh, you can work on that all you want. But in competition, facing those shots, those are things that, you know, all of us who are going to start playing this spring. Jeremy, uh, you know, I don't know if Joe plays, but Jeremy, I know you play. And, uh, you know, what's the thing that comes back to last? The short game. Yep. So I think I think that's, uh, you know, what Tiger's going to work on there. But, listen, mentally, this guy – uh, he knows Augusta National. Like if I, I look at, he's going to win another tournament. I think it'd be a place like Augusta. You know, he knows the golf course, knows the greens, feels the energy from the fans. Um, that's where I'd expect him to win again, or uh, perhaps a, an Open Championship uh, overseas in Scotland. When it comes to the rest of the tournament and how things played out, I, I, I actually had to Google it, Kevin. Kukuya. I heard the term Kukuya a million times about the grass there. At Riviera, that makes that a little bit of a different course than uh, a lot of the others they play on the tour. Well, you know, West Coast, East Coast, right? What what grows in certain climates, and you know, it's it's down to a science now. Really, the grasses they put on these golf courses, but yeah, Kikuya can grab. It's a stickier kind of grass uh, that players have to get used to, and then you have the Poana greens that you know they grow and bloom during the day, and uh, you get all those bumpy putts that you see. But you know that. That goes away now because they, they moved to Florida and the East Coast where Bermuda grass is going to be there. And, uh, you know, it's a little more spongy. Sometimes the ball will roll through it. But, yeah, a little stickier grass. And sometimes you get those little awkward uh, awkward chip shots where the club sticks in the grass or the ball just looks like it's going to hop and all of a sudden it gets uh, swallowed by the grass. So, yeah, and what a cool name for Kukuya. Yeah. <laughs> After like the 50th time I heard it, I'm like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and Google this. i got to read all I can about this grass. <laughs> um, all right, so the tournament itself. You know, we're talking about Tiger and his dominance of, of days gone by. And right now, John Rahm is on the kind of heater that Tiger would be proud of. Oh, yeah. I mean, John Rahm is uh, – <laughs> hey, when he came out – um, everyone knew this guy was destined to be, you know, number one in the world. He just had raw talent, raw power. And when, when you look what he's overcome, right, I mean, a club foot, right? So he, if you look at his backswing in slow motion, it's so short, uh, but so much power. Um, and, you know, it, part of that's his size, his strength. Um, you know, he loved, this guy loves golf, loves Seve Ballesteros, you know, a fellow Spaniard, uh, you know, just looking, wanted to be the best Spaniard there. Sergio, 
and then and of course Tiger Woods. And the funny thing is, John, we we know him as a a great driver of the golf ball. He drove it terribly uh, for the tournament. I mean, he just he was all over the. I mean, uh, the uh, temporary uh, immovable object, which we thought was out of bounds uh, on Saturday. On the third hole, he gets relief from that. But that is just an example of how terrible he was driving at it. Serious case of the lefts, yet approach to the green, he blew the field away in strokes gained. So um, he was able to manufacture a, a victory the way Tiger used to. Kevin Sylvester joining us on the Western Hotline. For Rom, another little storyline for him is about his, um, you know, like the emotional state. He used to be pretty fiery. He's trying to kind of calm down a bit. I wonder about... You know, the way Tiger played with such an intensity, and a lot of these guys probably came through thinking about playing with that level of, whatever, fire burning at all times. And for some guys, I don't know, do they have to unlearn that? Or do they they want to find ways to be a little bit more measured on the course? Because that does seem to be one of the things that Rom wants out of his own game, is the ability to kind of just take things a little easier. Well, I, I think that the fire is part of who he is and what makes him play so well. And I think that's, uh, you know, his personality. And I, I think that's what makes John Rom John Rom And the same with uh, Tiger Tug. You know, it's funny when uh, there are certain golfers, people ask me about golfers when uh, I'm out there for PGA Tour radio and on the course, like, hey, do you, do you talk to so-and-so? And I said, well, there's certain guys I'll, I will never talk to. Um, and I only will say anything to John Rom if he says something to me. And sometimes he will. It depends how it's going, uh, for sure. There's other guys that I'm not afraid to say something to, like Rory McIlroy, uh, just a comment or ask him a question about something. But uh, you can tell uh, when it's okay to approach him and talk to him. And I will tell you this, when the final putt's in for John Rahm, I mean, he is a super guy, just one of the nicest guys that you'll meet, uh, whether he's played a bad round or a good round. And he's just a, uh, a good human being. I, I think he's... He's somebody y'all like to have a beer with. I mean, he's just a just a great guy. Hey, we were talking earlier. I, I do want to ask you about the the full swing special on Netflix, but the concept of more access to these events while they're going on. And we were mentioning earlier uh, the idea of earlier in the tournament. I think it was Kevin. You know, put a earpiece on a guy. He hits his tee shot walking up the fairway, and you're you're talking to him about you know how he played the shot, what's he see, how's the hole playing out. Do you think that is that something we might see more of? Do you think golfers, most golfers, would be open to actually talking while they're playing? I think it depends on the player. Um, you know, Rom and Cantlay have said, "Eh, that looks cool, not for me." Um, so yeah. I think it, it, it depends on the player. And uh, you know, Homa and Morikawa have done it uh, to success. Um, so yeah, I, I just think it it depends it depends on the player. It's not something. We've done on PGA Tour Radio. We're going to talk to a player during a round on mic. Yep. Um, PGA Tour Live. Uh, I do some work for them also. And, um, you know, we haven't done it yet, uh, at least on the events I've worked for that. So, But it's something I'm sure as more players see, okay, uh, they're not going to talk to me during my swing. You know, mo- most, right. of them at the, most of them at the range, they've got earbuds in anyway. So it's not like it's a, a foreign concept to them to – hit with an earbud in so uh you know <laughs> but i i think what's going to be key is that it technically works meaning all right so for example morikawa had the earbud in he's hitting his tee shot on 10 as long as there's no audio interference and there's so much rf on the golf course right i mean mm-hmm. there's just so many uh, frequencies going on um but listen these guys have fans all around with video cameras 
You know, their phones are all up every single shot. Like, they know how to concentrate. I think they'll handle it. When it comes to – I got a, I got a clumsy comparison, but I want to give it to Howard for Howard anyway, For maybe for someone who doesn't follow golf as closely. Has Max Homa taken the Tage Thompson leap? Right, Homa, how long ago was not considered to be a very good player, and now – what, he's like second best behind Rom in terms of how well he's been playing of late. I think that uh well, it's an interesting comparison, Jeremy. Um He hasn't he, like, he might need a couple majors to get there because Thompson's become an all star. But like he's he's kind of come out of nowhere to be this good. Well, I wouldn't say nowhere. And 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 here's the reason why. Uh, you know, he's won the Wells Fargo championship twice. He's won four times in California. So it's not like uh, this is the first season or even the second season. So, you know, Max Homa's been a known player. Uh, but it, it, in similarity, you know, Tage Thompson went down to the AHL, right, and, and worked his way up and honed his skills. And that's the same thing with Max Homa. Matter of fact, you know, I know there are guys in Buffalo that played with Max Homa at the Pro-Am at Peak and Peak several years ago on the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, much like that same year I played with K.H. Lee, in a group, right? Who's won twice <laughs> on the tour? So you know, uh, the similarity is, hey, you know what? Uh, you've got to. You, it's not. It's you need more than just uh, hitting the ball far and making putts. You have to be tournament tested, learn how to be a pro, and learn what it takes mentally to win out there. And I, I, I we could probably say that a lot for Tage Thompson and what it took for him uh, to learn and you know a, a spectacular talent. And Max Homa's proven to be that too. I wanted to ask you quickly, uh, well, a couple things. One, whatever became of Live Golf? Is it still a thing? Is it still a deal? I, I, didn't, I didn't watch it at all last year, Kevin, and I'm, I'm watching this weekend, and I'm watching the Tiger group yesterday. At some point, I'm like, hey, is Live Golf still a thing? I couldn't even tell you if it is. If it is, does it have a TV deal? Is it streaming? It's like out of sight, out of mind, whatever. Is it still a thing, and is the PGA Tour doing just fine? Well, first of all, you're not alone. You didn't watch it last year. Uh, no one did. Um, <laughs> the PGA Tour is fine, um, you know, and obviously for, you know, let me put the journalistic hat on here, integrity-wise. I work for the PGA Tour, mm-hmm. so let me just say that. But the, what's happened the last two weeks in the PGA Tour shows it is justified yeah. with what happened with the, the Phoenix Open and what we saw yesterday at Riviera, and it's going to continue to be fine because of the drama that builds in the back nine uh, each and every week. Now, Live Golf, yes, is still around their second season. It actually starts this week. They're on CW, whatever channel that oh, okay. is. Uh, but the, the local fields don't have to carry the event. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what they do. They're going with a team concept. You know, they're doing something completely different. They have some, uh, you know, big signings uh, that everybody knows about that they paid oodles of money to in the past. Uh, and then they just added some other players that are decent players, but not major names uh, to it. So I think this is going to be a big year. Obviously, there's lawsuits back and forth, um, you know, going on. So I I, I think it'll be a year or two before things, uh, I don't know, come into more focus, I guess. But, you know, so for Liv, for the PJ Tour, I think things are definitely in focus right now. And I think it's very strong. Yeah, you've got players on the tour that really appreciate it. And there's been, you know, steps taken by the tour to make sure that everybody's happier. And there's some reporting out there that the guys that left maybe wish they didn't because, you know, the the, the feeling of, did they play? What's happening with those guys? Um, I wonder how many of them feel that too. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, 
uh, Brooks Koepka is the one, right? There's a lot of reporting out there. Like maybe he's regretting his move. Maybe that's part of the full swing episode two on Netflix. Uh, you know, the contrast of Scotty Scheffler and, and Brooks Koepka, um, and, and, you know, and where he was at in his career at the time when they filmed that. And maybe he feels like, yeah, what the hell am I playing for? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on it. So, and, you know, Kepka's one who likes the, uh, Likes the attention, so you're not getting that over there. Would you? I only saw the first episode, Kevin, the one with Justin Thomas and and Jordan Spieth. With oh, I thought watch was... episode three. Watch episode three. Well, I got to get to episode two, Kevin. I mean, I'm trying to go chronologically here. <laughs> well, I'm just pushing episode three. There's a familiar voice in there. Oh, you're you're. There's a Kevin Sylvester clip, obviously. Then, all right, I'll I'll skip to three and then I'll go back to two. What do you? You know, we we talk about um, the concept, like Drive to Survive, is was made me an F one fan. Why do you think um, the PGA wants to do this? What can the PGA get from this special on Netflix? Well, I, I think exactly what Formula One got, right? Yeah. More fans, right? right? More interest in, in the personalities. And I think that's what um, the goal is uh, of this. You know, it, it was interesting. We're all wondering, I, I say we, uh, you know, those of us who work inside the ropes on tour are all wondering, all right, well, what's this going to look like? Because the cameras were everywhere. Um, you know, many of us uh, are announced it on the course, like the camera. They'd come up and be like, hey, can we shoot you for this? I'm like, well, well, yeah. I mean, it's, the tour gave you permission. Of course you can. And, you know, they'd be filming you, calling shots, and then you see none of it in there. You're like, how many hours of footage did they go through right. uh, to come up with these episodes, which was a tremendous amount? Um, I, I think for uh, casual golf fans, non-golf fans, I think you'll love it. Um, the access, uh, the, you know, the, in general, these are good good human beings mm-hmm. that you see. I mean, Justin and Jordan are just, they're good guys, right? All American boys, if you will. Uh, but then you get you, uh, further episodes in, you'll get the uh, decision-making on, do I stay the tour? Do I take all this money to, to go play, uh, you know, over at Live? And then, you know, later on, you you get the um, stories, we all the underdog stories, right, of Tony Finau, who was just, uh, what a phenomenal story and family man and, and Sahith Thagala. So and Joel Damon too, who's you know might be the breakout star from this thing. So there's some great episodes and, and, and great storytelling of how these players uh made it to the tour. I love it because you, yeah, right. So the first episode, I mean I know who Justin Thomas is, Kevin, but I don't really know like a great deal about him. But to I yeah, I think it's always a good thing to learn more about the personalities, the human beings, just to you know, to see him and his family celebrate the comeback, the the PGA championship. I mean, I didn't know his dad, you know, coached him and all this. I think you do that and it creates either more fans or maybe even better fans, more intense fans, you know, it just creates more interest in your event if you see and get to know these people rather than just a name on a screen and someone you watch play golf on TV. Yeah, and for those listeners who are going to the PGA Championship at Oak Hill in May, you'll see Mike Thomas uh, and Justin. I'm walking around, um, you know, following them along, uh, you know, maybe jotting some things down there. Yeah, uh, Great, great people in those personalities. Hey, I don't know how much time we have, Howard. Can I tell a story? Speaking of stories, yes, and I need to let you promote Tita Green. Don't let me forget to ask you about well, Tita Green. Well, I'll tell you, Tita Green. We start this Saturday, uh, seven to eight a.m. We'll be on every Saturday, starting at seven this Saturday, all through September second. Uh, so be sure to tune in. And of course, if you if you miss it because you got a tea time, you can listen to it on the WGR and Odyssey app. So uh, we're looking forward to being back again this year. The whole gang's back, and, and we're excited now. Because I think this is the last time I'll be on with you. 
right? I mean, because you're going to take up the game of golf in return. <laughs> <laughs> only he's been only, he's oh. been dying to. Oh man, I I, I actually um, want you, but I I don't know, Kevin. You're going to have to help me a lot, buddy. All right, but this is one of my favorite Howard Simon stories, and I don't know if you'll recall this, but uh, the Bills ended the season the one year in New Orleans, and mm-hmm. it was you know the Flutie Johnson season, yeah. the last game. See, I want to say it was '98, maybe around there, and uh, you, I, we're going downstairs. I was going downstairs for breakfast in the hotel, and I ran into you, and we were going to go to a little cafe, and. Uh, do you remember this? No. I remember the New Orleans trip because there was – anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I remember the trip, the, right. the game. So we come downstairs, and the entire Texas A&M football team's in line to go to the cafe because they were in town already for their sugar bowl. They played Ohio State in the Sugar Bowl. So you and I say, all right, got to find somewhere else to go to breakfast <laughs> before we go work the game. So we end up walking uh, this tunnel, convention center, and, and you know – uh, I look like I just got in from the night out. You had sweats on. And <laughs> we show up at, there's violins playing. Uh. Um, there are people in tuxedos. <laughs> and this maitre d' says, uh, we can seat you. But. And they, they put us in this corner. I mean, this buffet was the greatest buffet I have ever experienced. <laughs> they had crawfish etouffee. They had everything, and you and I sit down to a $68 per person brunch, and Tim Wanger gave me the riot act for attempting <laughs> that breakfast. Uh, and, I, and he's like, did you really need to do this? And I said, you could ask Howard Simon. That was the only place to have breakfast that morning on the road. So that was one of my, one of my favorite memories for that. You probably did just get in from the night before, but I mean, it was New Orleans, so you were probably on Bourbon Street all night. <laughs> that was always that was the most challenging part of road trips at Empire. I remember this happened in Chicago with everybody. The media a lot of times went out for dinner the night before the game, and everybody decided to go to Morton's Steakhouse, which is a little on the pricey side. So you know, when you end up having an expense receipt for whatever seventy, eighty, ninety, a hundred bucks, when all said and done, we used to have to grab fake like cab receipts and other. We had to find other <laughs> receipts to make up to say, "Well, I didn't pay hundred dollars for dinner. I paid fifty, and then find a way to cover the other fifty dollars to submit on your expense report." So, oh, the fun things. Howard, there was a colleague, a former colleague of yours. I will not mention his name, but apparently bought me dinner on a road trip yep. because when I saw John the Pearl de Merle, yep, uh, you know. Hey, hope you enjoyed that dinner so and so much. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that was easy. You just write the person's name on the receipt that you took to dinner. Who was going to check it? That was that was a no brainer move. That and cab receipts were the no brainer moves. Now maybe that's the reason for the downfall of the cable company. Yep. At the yep. time and the whole yep. network. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, I just want to say, um, you know, we could we could say because of that. We could say because of bad game plan. But uh, I'm happy for you that things worked out over the last 18 years. They've worked out for me. And uh, what a fabulous career you've had, Howard. Congratulations on that. And best wishes in your retirement. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it very much. And glad things have gone extremely well for you. Thanks, Kevin. Enjoy the the year. And maybe we'll see you in Rochester. Yes, I'll be there. All right. Thanks, Kevin. Kevin is on Tee to Green, and it's back starting this Saturday at uh, 7 with Kevin and Brian Koziel and Jeff Metis. So make sure you join the boys uh, for some prime golf discussions. We're supposed to get a little bit of a winter storm this week. Wednesday, we could have like an ice issue. It's it's a little disappointing. I I was out with the dog yesterday outside and thinking... This is golf weather. Yesterday was like 45. It's a bit windy, wasn't it? It wasn't that bad. It was, no. All right. it was 
I thought about walking out with some balls in a club and just mm-hmm. whacking it around for a little while because it felt like golf yesterday. So yeah, we're, we, ge- we're getting close. Good to know Tita Green's back. A little bit of freezing rain, maybe some icy mm. roads, some issues on Wednesday. Okay. To be to be determined, TBD. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. 803-0550 to join us. Busy weekend. Thank you for the person who reminded me that I actually didn't mention the Sabres in the tweet of what was going on this week, and I just figured everybody watches the <laughs> Sabres anyway, but I did leave them out. It's on the West Coast. It happened, you know, too late. It was a late night game. Sabres, NBA, Daytona, golf, XFL. What'd you check out? What stood out to you? You can let us know at 803-0550. We're going to talk more about the Sabres with Paul coming up at 8 o'clock. Hey, uh, speaking of the Sabres, Labatt Blue Light. And WGR present your chance to win the ultimate Sabres experience. This is uh, through March 19th. If you want to get involved for a chance to win, visit the contest page at WGR550.com. Enter for your chance to win VIP tickets for you and three guests when the Sabres take on Carolina on April 8th. You will also have access to the TV broadcast booth, a rope line visit, and a signed Sabres mini helmet. No purchase necessary. Always enjoy responsibly. Must be 21 and older to enter. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.